Hi, everyone. Hello, live? hello. We live? <laughs> Blue. We are. And we're back. That was a quick one this time, this week. And we have an exciting show for you all. Um, so uh, we have the amazing writers from Tresse. As you all, for those who participate or who, who watched the show last week, you will, will know, all know that Last week was Trece Week on the Geekish Network. We're going to continue that by having getting to speak to the uh, the writers of the show. Um, so this is going to be a really fun interview, something new that we haven't really done on our show before. So I'm really excited to have Tanya, Zig, and Michael as guests. We're going to, I'll go ahead and let them introduce themselves in a little bit. But um, in general, everyone, welcome to Origins Illustrated. This is part of the Geekish Network. This is a weekly comic live stream podcast discussing everything connected to comic books. I'm Clarama Dervilius. I'm a product manager at Oculus and a super big geek of superheroes comics in general. Uh, Catherine, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Catherine. I'm an ARVR designer based in Memphis, Tennessee. And Courtney. Hi, I'm, <laughs> I'm Courtney Wright. Uh, I'm an actress, writer, and singer. I'm in Los Angeles, California. All right. And with us, we have our special guest, Tanya Yusan. Hi. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I am in Manila right now. So it's morning for me and evening, afternoon to evening for a lot of you over there. Oh, cool. Wow. <laughs> uh, and how about you, Zig? Yeah, yeah. So hi, I'm Zigmar Sigan. So I think just a bit of intro, right? So I'm a screenwriter, commercial director, and coincidentally, uh, a children's book author. So I'm based also in uh, Manila, Philippines. So good morning to if there are any Filipinos out there watching right now. And um, yeah, I'm part of the writing staff on Trese. Cool. I see you got that fan going. How hot is it over there? Oh man, super hot. Can you hear it though? Is it like screwing, screwing? No, up not at all. No. <laughs> I, I just moved in. I haven't got the air conditioning running it here. So yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, Michael? Oh uh, yeah. Hi, I'm uh, Mick Brigar. I'm a writer director also uh, from the Philippines. Uh, and I'm also one of the writers on Dresser. Cool. And Tanya, sorry, we probably skipped over you a little bit faster. No worries. Yeah, yeah, no. So sorry. I, I think I dropped the ball. So it wasn't you. It was totally okay. okay. Um, so I, my name is Tanya Yusen. I'm the executive producer and the writer, uh, one of the writers for Tresse, the anime series. Um, and really happy to be with you all. Um, I, I don't know if you want me to go into like a mini intro drama, uh, or should, should I do that or? Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So I actually used to work in LA for a while, um, also as a producer uh, and a production exec, um, was working with uh, Miller Goff Inc. that did Smallville. And we, you know, we worked on the Disney lot and basically did like live action features like Hannah Montana, the movie, um, and then Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. And so, you know, but I grew up in Manila and eventually like moved back home to just work out of here and out of the region. Um, and one of our projects is Tressa. Oh, cool. And uh, for those who don't know, Tanya is also a founding partner and a chief creative development officer at Base Entertainment. And so this is the studio based in Jakarta and Singapore. Uh, yes, that's that correct. Yeah. And they develop and finance and produce and distribute content for the Indonesian market, as well as for the international market. Um, so she's the executive producer and writer for the Netflix original anime series, Trese. Um, and she has a really interesting story, which I'm going to go into. I, I'm going to ask you about in a little bit. Um, uh, Mick, uh, uh, 
I think Catherine, are you doing, oh, Courtney, do you want to do a yeah. little show to Mick? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So Mick told us a little bit. Uh, he's a writer director from the Philippines. Uh, he's been writing, directing for TV, digital and film since 2004. Um, over the course of his career, he served as series planner and writer for the mystery thriller show Jasmine for the Philippine Network, TV5, head writer for Project Runway Philippine season one, series planner, episode writer and director for the cult underground, underground show Rakista, also for TV5. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. You did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Yes, that's yes. awesome. Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> Won the Audience and Gender Sensitivity Awards when it was released in 2015 at the Q Cinema Film Festival and was screened at the Special Programs New Action Southeast Asia section of the Osaka Asian Film Festival in 2017. And his latest work, writing for Netflix original anime series, Teresa. Yay. <laughs> and Catherine. All right. And uh, Zygmar Segan uh, is a screenwriter, commercial director, and award-winning children's book author. Thanks so much for having us. It's actually a huge honor for us to be speaking with people outside of our country or appreciating the show. Yeah, it's like, for sure. Because like, I think we've mentioned in other shows that it doesn't feel real to us since it's because of the pandemic. We can't celebrate mm. in person. Yeah. So mm. it became real for us when we started not only being guested in local podcasts, but you know shows like this one when we we hear other people's voices kind of connecting to the material yeah first and foremost thanks to you guys for having us on the show absolutely we are so excited to celebrate you know content creators of color that are comic book lovers as well and you brought this to us and you brought this to the masses so thank you for sharing your history with us so yeah we're excited to talk about it yeah, we've been doing this show for a couple months now, I think, if not almost like six, months. like almost like That's six months. Good, yeah. Woo. Oh, have, and have uh, it's yeah. And Thank, it's you. Hard. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, it's been really hard getting to find material that we really enjoy speaking about, which is underrepresented characters. So uh, when this came out, we were just like, oh, finally, <laughs> like we get to Aww. talk about something with underrepresented awesome. creators yeah. and represented so representation. Great. Yeah, it's so clearly that. And um, on top of that, Filipino, which is like not very common, like usually there's like certain underrepresentation stuff like you'll see, but you don't really see like Philippine. So like that, that, that was like a, refreshing type of um uh visual and like cultural immersion that we got from the show that we exactly get to you know like everybody's familiar with like the greek mythology or the african right. mythology you know right. so to really learn about philippine mythology and through this beautiful beautifully like drawn anime like, like pulled right from the pages it, it was just fantastic like what i mean how what, how did you go about bringing Tresse? to uh to life even before um, netflix but like like yeah. the story itself 
Yeah. Oh, before you go, asked Tanya for her life's work, basically. Yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> so it's funny that she skipped over her I'll intro because she yeah. is, yeah, because she is literally yeah. the mother hen of this show. So yeah, Tanya. Yeah. Without Tanya, Tanya, like this show, like we wouldn't be here. Like, yeah, for sure. we wouldn't be here without Tanya for sure. Well, if you said no to me, you wouldn't be here anyway. Either. So <laughs> well, that's, that's another story. Yeah, that's its own story. That's well, its own. Almost said yeah. no to me. Yeah, they'd be silly yeah. not to though. For, for those who haven't seen the show or uh, who haven't, you have to go watch it. It's on Netflix right now. Search Try Safe. It's not showing up in your recommended. Uh, for a little bit of a premise, uh, before we get into like the journey to how it got there, um, it is uh, a series set in Manila where Filipino folk mythical creatures living in hiding amongst humans. Alexandra Tresse finds herself dealing with an underground criminal world controlled by evil supernatural beings. Uh, the series was first announced in November 2018 with Jay, uh, Jay Oliva as executive producer and director. Other directors will include David Hartman, Mel Zwire, and Tim Duvar. The series is written by Zig Marisigan, Mick Vergara, and Tanya Yusan, who are here with us today. Um, and um, also, and yeah, and the, at and at the Netflix Anime Festival in October 2020, it was revealed that Trese comic artist Kajo Baldissimo and writer Bujet Tan will serve as showrunners. So, uh, with that, uh, Tanya, tell us about your journey making this happen, getting this on Netflix. What did that look like? Any sure. what were the struggles, or was it easy? I don't know. Well, it took about 10 years before we got to Netflix. Oh, before I start, though, just to clarify, Budget and Kajo were the creators of the amazing book that this is based on. They actually didn't serve as showrunners. So uh, they uh, it's Jay who's a showrunner and we were working together for, you know, for the series. Okay. Um, and and part of the journey, I'll tell you, because like for creators, sometimes it's really hard for them to. And, it, and understandably so, because it's, it's something they built from the ground up to just hand it over for an adaptation. Um, but but Kaja and Budget were pretty fearless about that. So the journey starts actually in around 2009. Um, and I, from LA, I used to live in LA and, you know, work there. And I would go home uh, periodically, mostly around Christmas time, which is basically the best time to come back to Manila, even though there's a lot of traffic, but it's, it's the best time. Uh, and I was looking for material because you're never off the clock. You're always looking for material. And somebody recommended I read this graphic novel. Uh, and it turned, and I read several, but the one I really sparked to was Tresse. And at the time, there were only about three books, like three volumes of it. And when I read it, I said, okay, if there's anything that I could translate uh, from the page to the screen, it's this story. Uh, and so I, I, I asked mutual friends to put me in touch with budget. I kind of cold called him and he was kind enough to, you know, say yes to meeting with a, meeting up with a random chick who says, hey, I really like your book and your story and I'm a producer and I want to turn it into whether it was a feature and or a, or a series and at that time it was live action. So 10 years, me and my producing partner Shanti Harmine, who's from Indonesia, um, we had started working together and we basically pitched it to a lot of different platform studios. Uh, both internationally and of course there were some you know local ones in the Philippines that wanted to meet with us and for one reason or another it didn't quite work out up until we landed at Netflix anime and John Derdarian who's the executive said you know Castlevania for them had done really well um, and it was you know the first Netflix original it was anime outside of Japan and I know there's like conversations about what anime is but you know for, for the sake of this they're calling it like anime out of Japan and we were ready, you know, at that time, if the timing was right, we were ready with our deck, we were ready with our pitch, we knew what we, you know, what it could be going in there, and he saw it, 
And he's like, well, what about anime? And we're like, it wasn't an option before, but now it's an option. And we said, that's great. Let's do it. And actually things happened fairly quickly after that. Um, he, he brought on Jay Oliva because Jay's body of work, as you guys know, is, is really, you know, amazing and deep and very emotional. And he's also Filipino American, which Jay says in multiple interviews, it's his first gig that he got for being Filipino, <laughs> which was like, it never happened. So, um, when we met up, we realized we were on the same page pretty quickly in terms of what this could be. And that started, you know, the ball rolling in terms of the process and up until we released this year. So I'm trying to nutshell that, you know, 10 years span. So if there are questions in there, feel free to bring it up because of course there's so many details, but you know, there's not enough time to cover yeah, that we're, whole we're, period. <laughs> the, and the comic's been out for a while too. It's been out, when was, uh, Courtney, uh, you know, when the two, actually- 2005. So it's been out since yeah. 2005 and they started with Ashcans because um, I don't know, maybe at some point you'll have Budget and Kajo on because that's a great story as well. They were both, Kajo was, uh, he was a storyboard artist for an ad agency. Budget was like a creative director, like a copywriter, creative director. And they were pretty frustrated with having to get everything approved by committee. So they said, hey, we just want to do something that we get the final say on. And that's how they started Tressa. And it came out in 2005. I watched a little bit of the, the Netflix After Dark. And I, so I saw that a little bit of that, which that was a really cool thing to see. Uh, because that's not something that normally that ne- that I have seen Netflix do before, like yeah. in terms of like, you know, anime, especially talking to the content creators, which shows the power of this property um, and the desire people have that, you know, we want to know more. Tanya, I have a question. Was there a particular mm. story that that drew you to this this content? Which one which one grabbed you that you knew this is the one that I can translate? So the funny thing, and it's funny, it's it's just something Budget and I talked over recently, like just before we launched, is uh, when I read it, I was talking to him about it on the phone, and he's like, oh, you read Book Free, which is basically the origin. I don't think, I don't know if that's out yet in the U.S., but it's going to come out, A Blaze is going to send that out soon. I think I'm still trying to figure out how to find Book Two. (laughs) That was like, it's only on pre-order right now on Comixology. Yeah, no, it's coming out soon, and then, you you know, you'll have it on Comixology, I think, for the U.S. and and Amazon or anywhere like Diamond is shipping to. Great. But he book three, which is also coming out from them, maybe a little bit further, is um, it actually has a lot of her origin origin story. And I I read that book first. I he, I said this is great. Her origin story is fantastic. I started with that, and he's like, so you read book three first? I'm like, wait, that was book three, and I didn't look at the spine <laughs> to see that. Oh, that was book three, but there's one and two. But one and two are very like as you've seen one, it's very case of the you know monster of the story monster of the week situation but I started with three and I saw that she had this whole arc to her um you know which you kind of see in the anime it's what we build into the anime uh and then between that and the wealth of cases plus the the twist that they put on it um I thought you know for a Filipino audience it's great because it's things we grew up with but with a spin and for an audience that didn't grow up in the Philippines it was really accessible so those were the qualities uh that excited me about it. Plus, it was just a, a good story. Like she's a kick-ass character in like this fantastic world, and you know, who wouldn't want to spend like hours and hours just kind of immersed in this this world, essentially. So, and Michael and Zig. So, how do you guys all know each other? How did you guys form 
as a trio for well, the Oh that man, how, how do we know each other? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know did these we, rules. Did we plan to wear the same thing today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I, I wore white because I thought you'd wear black. And then I just wanted for one day to not dress like you. But it's like the same, but hey, are. man. It's like, no, so, uh, clearly Zig and I have known each other for a while. Okay, am I the only one that's noticing that this this trio kind of reminds you of the Tresse trio? Like, yeah, that, no, no, okay. that was not intentional, okay? That was not intentional. Like, <laughs> this writer's room was not formed on that configuration. Correct. Correct. But we get it a lot, though. <laughs> clearly, yeah. because... Look at us. We're dressed the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> the writers of the show. So you... uh, yeah, no. <laughs> the inspiration came from. have known each other since college. Uh, we've been <laughs> making stuff together. Did Sig just freeze? I guess he froze. Uh, oh, no. He's there. He's back. Who knows? Uh, yeah, no. Sig and I have known each other since college. And we've been making stuff together ever since then. Uh, yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately. I don't know yet. Jerry's still out in that one. Uh, but Tanya, we met a little earlier, uh, a little later. We met her around uh, 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. 2013 for a show we we all wrote on. Also, it was it was the it was one of the shows that uh, Courtney read uh, Jasmine on like TV Five, uh-huh. and that's where we all met and like sort of ran a writers' room together. And uh, yeah, and then like after that, like we we stayed kept in touch. Uh, at, you know. Friends. And Zig and I work together in the same sort of production house. So like I, I see Zig uh, almost C. I see C because it's like it's still a pandemic and I'm like I haven't seen him in person in like how long, but like I see I see his smug every day. So <laughs> it's one of those things. And then uh yeah, uh so and then like how we got the Tresse is like <laughs> one of our favorite stories. <laughs> oh yeah, so Bell. Tanya, Tanya messaged us out of the blue kind of because we kind of kept in touch since we've uh worked with her in a past project before and then she so happened to be associated at the time with a company that we mick and i associated with reality tv shows Mm -hmm. which we weren't keen to writing for i mean no to not to knock on reality shows but it's just like no, you we cannot. We understand. The show <laughs> understand. Yeah. 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 yeah, not right it's now. Like right that right wasn't the dream you know? job. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. That's the best yeah. way to put yeah. it. No disrespect, people job. hustling, right? Exactly. But, you know, yeah. No yeah. disrespect, yeah. but you know, yeah. you guys disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, but she like, hey, you wanna have dinner? I wanna float you guys something, and then Mick and I immediately assumed it was gonna be a reality TV show. So Mick and I were talking like, how are we gonna say no? I yeah, mean, how are we gonna let that get out of easy? We like, gotta, you know, you, you know, we gotta, we gotta find like a polite, pleasant way <laughs> to say no. You know, so yeah. it was like kind of no, like we gotta, we gotta finish that. Yeah, we'll let her buy her dinner and then like we'll let her die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll eat, we'll eat the free food cool. and then say no. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I was like. Have I ever produced a reality TV series? We were so sure no. that yeah, this is we how, were one hundred percent sure. We don't know why anymore. Like telling yeah, the story we now, why. we don't know how. Like, so, so we had that dinner, right? And like Mick and I were ready to say no, and then Tanya pretty much um, pitched us the idea. So it's like. Was it, how was it, Tanya? Like three words? I, I was trying yeah, to yeah. build the drama because I knew these guys were, we were the same. We were like comic geeks. We liked a lot of pop culture stuff. They knew I had been working on Tresa. So I told them, guys, I have three words for you. I said, 
anime, Netflix, Tresse. And then they were like, huh. <laughs> Was it the Netflix? Kinda part? Hope, <laughs> I kind of hope you'd be a bit more excited. Like, what is this? And then they told me, well, we thought you were going to say, let's write on a reality show. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Is that but from? I mean, we were just in shock. I mean, we yeah. were just in shock that the word trese, which is a Filipino indie yeah. comic by all intents and purposes, it's not like a Marvel property yeah. that kind of grew throughout decades. It was um, something we, we knew and loved. And then to attach that to anime and then to attach that to Netflix and to attach that like you want to write on it. So it yeah. was like... What? Yeah, like she, she like she short circuited our brains basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like we were full and like we were ready to go. <laughs> you got to present that too. What a pitch, Tressa. Yeah, anime, Netflix. <laughs> what great what else did I need to say, right? words. Apparently more. Apparently, I had to explain it and like rewire their brains because and the this short is circuit. really happening. Please, I'm, I'm right, right. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> And it was still confidential, and we were like a really small, crowded, like Thai food place. I was like, "Okay, this is what it is." <laughs> yeah. Wow. When was this, by the way? Like, when when did this like? This happen? was like 20, 2018. 2018. 2018. Wow. Right. On. No, and so it was super. It was super confidential, and you know, I had to close the deal, and and me and my my producing partner had been working on it so, for so long, and Netflix had this thing in Singapore for Southeast Asia, which was see what's next. And they said, okay, we're gonna announce it there. So we're like, okay, we're gonna be a blip in this little, you know, big package announcement of what Netflix has coming down, like for live action and all of that stuff. And so we were asking, should we, should we try to find, you know, should we kind of get the word out PRY? Should we prep that? They're like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And what we found out afterwards from some friends who were in the room, um, and some of the Netflix people is when they flash the slide of like, and this is our, you know, first anime coming out, original coming out of Southeast Asia. And then they flashed a big um, image of Tresse. Apparently from the Filipino journalist, there was like an audible gasp in the room. Like literally, a, <gasps> people wow. were just like shocked. And, they, and so then I, well, Shanti and I, and I was in Jakarta at the time, Shanti and I were trying to figure out, okay, we'll line up Indonesian press, we'll line up Philippine press. And then all of a sudden these texts come in and like pinging back and forth because articles already come out. There was no embargo for online journalists in the room. So the moment it came out, they were just like sending images, sending that. And then we looked at each other and literally like we started crying because oh, we're like, wow. it's really happening. <laughs> Yeah. That's uh, so incredible. That's so yeah. Powerful. It was it was pretty. It was like a. It was an unbelievable moment, and and we started like we hit the ground running December of that year. Jay and Jojo Aguilar, the art director, flew into Manila. Uh, you know, I made sure there was an immersive um, sort of like recce or field trip around the city so that they could understand, you know, relate to the book because they didn't grow up in Manila. Um, and then we had our story summit, and that started off the writing process essentially. Wow. Uh, a viewer, XO Girl Wonder, says she discovered the graphic novels early in 2018 when her grandfather got sick. Uh, she said she totally lost it when I learned about the adaptation. I was so excited. Uh, she read all seven of the graphic novels released in Manila in the main story. Oh, that's, oh, cool. that's awesome. Yeah, oh, that's, that's awesome. good. I mean, it's a good it's a good read. It's a good way to kind of escape. And, and you know, it, it's familiar, but it's also new. So 
Thanks so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't want to, I, I just want to stress like how, how much of the story being told is when Netflix picked it up. But I think a, a big props really goes to Tanya and budget really and Kajo, the creators, I mean, for, for sticking it out through the, to the literal decade it took to get yeah, no, 10 years like so you know like mick and i were on board when it was a green light already so yeah really basically it's so like we just had to say yes but like tanya and everyone else they <laughs> no no they they had to like put in the elbow grease and like do like that's why we, we keep saying like tanya's really the like zig said the mother hen of this thing it's like without tanya this she carried yeah. this for 10 years man it's like and it was a little this, uh you know yeah i think joke. the nitty-gritty of it is like uh also her because um, Tanya would would clue us in on how many people approached her, how many people approached budget, and how many times they had to say no. Mm, you know, so wow. I think that's part of the story that comes. Like if if like if Tanya, budget, yeah, what's it? You know, I, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, there's up. a. It's a. I'm sorry. Am I? Am I okay? Okay. Now yeah. you're back. You broke yeah. up a little yeah. bit. The last, okay. yeah, the last part. Yeah. So sorry. The, yeah. the last part. Yeah. But yeah, it's just. Um. I. I think a lot of creators need to understand. Like. Um. It. It's. It's our market right now, because there's so many people looking for good stories, and just to peddle it out, uh, if if like some big corporation decides to take advantage of your story and just not do it justice, then I think we're the losers in the long run. Yeah. But I'm really thankful that Tanya, you know, alongside Budget and Tanya, the property, yeah. Time, yeah. So Did that's you the story find... I think it needs to be told, yeah. Yeah. Did you find that Netflix was a little bit wanting to have some, like, did Netflix say, hey, we're going to go ahead and let you have full creative control? Or how much was that a push to get that to happen versus, like, maybe some influencer, uh, like, did they want it to adapt in a different way? How did that, what did that conversation look like? Netflix, different? Netflix is really a fantastic partner uh, from the development, actually even to marketing. Like we have to give a huge shout out to like the really passionate people behind the marketing team who also like helped us with the rollout. But the execs over at Netflix were nothing but supportive and they knew, and they said, no, keep it, set it in Manila, keep it to true to where the graphic novel comes from. Um, they did... They were fresh eyes in terms of figuring out the accessibility to audiences outside of the Philippines. So with the notes they had were, well, there was one note that's like, can we make it a little bit less gory? <laughs> and the other one was- After yeah. Castlevania? What the I heck? Know, honestly. The first one was almost like not getting nauseous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, there were some scenes where it was just, a t it, we didn't even reduce it by much and they were fine. And, and it was also- uh, One frame. You know, <laughs> it was also, you know, can you explain this a little bit more? One of our things that we wanted to do go in is like, and, and having watched other animes and things from other cultures, some of like from Japan or Korea, they don't explain everything. Like you don't want to have a whole info dump to explain every little thing. You just want to give it context. And then if people want to know more, they could research it afterwards. So we were also very conscious about not just making everything an info dump, but just enough so you knew what the, what the position is within the story. And then we just walk away. We're like, okay, if you want to find out more, it's cool. But otherwise, here it is. That's really hard because I imagine with something like this, especially when you're representing a whole country, like, you know, as a culture, the the balance of telling the story and, and making sure that there's a lot of integrity there, but and and making sure it feels justice to like the debt that yeah. the, the people who own that story versus like having to make sure that's still translatable for the broader masses. Yeah. Uh, tell us about like that, like balancing that weight. 
I'm sorry, I'll, I keep asking the question. So I'll let Catherine and Courtney talk about this. Yeah, no, and, and Mick, Mick and Zig, you can also jump in. I'll, I'll just add that uh, for me, because I, you know, I worked in the US and, you know, I, but I grew up in the Philippines, I kind of knew what that balance was where you just needed those certain points of accessibility or how people could understand if they didn't grow up in the culture. And it was just Netflix pointing out certain aspects, which some we we did and some we felt like, okay, you can still get that out of context, even if you weren't Filipino or, you know, because also there are Filipinos who didn't, weren't aware of that as well. What's, so, what's an example of that? Um, let's say like, for example, like Nuno. So the character of Nuno, and that comes from, if you look deeper, that comes from a mythological character that's called Nuno Sapunso. Punso means mound of earth. Nuno is a shortened version of Ninuno, which means ancestor. So literally the little translation is kind of your ancestor or an older person that hides in the mound of earth that you have to ask permission or you know, accord the respect if you're passing through. And that person, uh, that figure, depending on how much respect you show may or may not you know, look kindly on you <laughs> in, in that respect. So, so Nuno, in terms of what he is, you know, and if for, for like, a, and this is a little spoilery for those who haven't seen, but in terms of what he is in this detective story, he's a little bit of a snitch. So we put that in that context. But then if you want to look deeper, that's where Nuno comes from, from Nuno Sapunso. So you didn't need to know all of it, but it's there. It's right. also really interesting that you say Nuno is like the ancestor, because in a way, Nuno was also the one who had all the stories and the informations. Right. And He's... as with an ancestor, that's who you would go to for all of your histories and your stories. So it, it, it even deepens and broadens his connection to the story. Totally. And that's, that's really how, but budget will sometimes say it's like, it's an afterthought for some of them, but there is that instinct that he has for sort of tying in what the what the mythological creature is to like what it should be in a in a noir story in a detective story. So yeah. even though sometimes he feels like it's unconscious, but I know it's like he knows enough where he knows that it feels right because he does a lot of research as well in terms of the background for the mythological creatures. I I had a question in terms of something you said earlier, uh, how you started with uh, volume three. And it's similar, it seems to me that the season one kind of follows along that trajectory of like, we're dropped into the detective story of, of Tresse and what's happening. And then it's revealed later that, you know, with her origin story. So was that season one bits and pieces of all three volumes or is it predominantly volume one with just that arc? Um, it's bits and pieces um, of like one to three, I would say. Uh, we do take from, there's something uh, for the MRT, you know, the train that kind of goes through the whole thing. That's from 13 stations, which actually doesn't come out till book seven. So, but it was out, it was out in another anthology compilation called Manila Noir. That's where it first came out. So um, we figured out the, the spine of it with the help of book three and the origin story, and then kind of cherry picked what would fit. Sorry guys, you should, you should. No, no, no. Uh, no, 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 no. It's it. like, we like, we like hearing you talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess I, I'm not being sarcastic at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I guess to add to Clorama's question about, um, I guess the responsibility and I dare I say burden of, of kind of representing your 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 people or your culture is that, I guess that's why it's interesting hearing your side because I I can't speak for Tanya and Mick but, I never saw it yet as how much it would represent. Mm. One because I mean for the lack of a better term like Mick and I are the straight white male of the Philippines we're the yeah. We're the middle class, you know, privileged individuals. No, no, I, I'm, I like upfront, real talk. Yeah, no, super. Uh, like, we'll, we'll call it out, man. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, call out. we'll call it out here. So, but it would be really different if we grew up in the states. Mm-hmm. It would be really, really different. I mean, the, 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 the power dynamic changes completely. So, in terms of like, um, we're not the melting pot of cultures like other nations are. I mean, we do have a mix, but it's not as strong. So, so that said, like, we just wanted to. To, at least for me, I just wanted to um, tell the story that connected with me based on the comics and something I would like to see. Um, and then suddenly, I, I get the burden of a lot of creators where you're suddenly your material becomes a lightning rod or the because we are the first. We are the we are suddenly the flagship that out of the gate. Was it yeah, really yeah. our intention? Um, we're happy that we are, but now that now that responsibility is now very very present because I I feel and this is like my personal bias is like. Um, creators should tell their truth and nothing but their truth. I feel because when you start running into trying to tell other people's truth, that's when you start grasping for straws that don't exist. Mm. Because I think that that that's why there's like it's a creator's market really because people are looking for. I mean, I mean, let's let's face facts. We've seen at least in the mainstream media, um, at least entertainment wise, like a very particular lens for the many decades that we've been seeing like how stories are being told. But now you know. Uh, across across the world, like um, like K dramas being are really big here, and, and you know that's not you know people are learning the language, and then like one uh, and then like another show that's a uh, dark on Netflix, so that's mm-hmm. like a supernatural kind of sci-fi thriller. That thing is in German, and so yeah. people are kind of gravitating to 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 stories that are not necessarily English, that are not necessarily American. So and then th- but those are true to the creators. I feel so. I think. Um, start with what's true to you, then maybe think of the representation like later. I don't know if I'm running into problems here, but the, at least that's how that's how I how I see it. Because if it's true to you, then it'll represent like who you are at least. And it also becomes more believable because you yourself are invested in the story, and it's easy as an audience member to invest in something that's clearly been crafted with love and from passion. You know, so that came through completely. Uh, you know, um, as a, as a, as a, I know as a young girl, when I saw uh, the character of Storm for the first time, that was someone representing me. That was something that I had never seen before. And I wanted more of that. So has the response that you've all, that you've heard from Tresse, has it, has it really resonated with like the younger community in that way? Especially like, I'm sure like young women to see a strong, powerful female heroine, who, yes, she has people that are on her team supporting her, but she is the one that they go to. And has that has that been a, a big response that you've heard? Like even one of our, you know, one of our, our guests chimed in on how how it affected her. Uh, do you guys want to? Huh? Sorry, make yeah. It would be great to hear. Like, uh, uh, if yeah, Zig is is it Zig? I think yeah. or Michael, 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 Michael. Oh uh, yeah, no. Uh, um... yeah. 
<laughs> for sure, for, for sure. It's really like, uh, well, like uh, during the first week of the release, we were all, the three of us were all talking about how we were being messaged by people like we haven't talked to in like forever. And they're all like, they're just suddenly cropping up. It's like, uh, hey man, I know you get, and they're, the message is always like, I know you get this a lot, but it was super great to see Manila. Like, and, uh, and a lot of these people are, are people who've emigrated from, like people we knew growing up and then emigrated for like better opportunities elsewhere. And and they, they would message us like, hey man, it's, it's just great to see Manila again and like represented in this. And it's just like, these are the streets. Are, and then it's not, you know, in this, it's, it's not in a department of tourism sort of way where it's like, look, it's the street where it's like, it, it's just as is and, you know, how they remember it. Uh, warts and all uh i think that that response there has been like super great in terms of like um for that and then um also going back to, to, to the touching on like the mythology and you know, uh is uh i've also gotten messages from like oh like we're everyone in like they're they're like i have, I have a friend who's a cosplayer and she's part of this um sort of spiritual community where like you know, sort of into the trying to get more reconnected to the spiritual roots uh, in terms of of, of uh, Filipino spirituality and like uh, exploring that sort of side and that's not strictly Catholicism or like which is our main religion here. And I got a message like we're super excited because this is a show that finally shows that uh, mystical spiritual side of Filipinos that isn't sort of celebrated uh, apart from superstitions or like. Uh, so that was that was comforting to hear also um but i think tanya got most of the like the gender focus <laughs> uh no i mean because like like when i get the messages they're all like it's manila as a whole and like the experience the the, the small details of like the the, the chocolate bar eating uh taho that uh, uh, if you, I'm sure you've seen this, this the series it's it's what they eat after the zombie attack um it's it's the twins and like Tapia they're eating outside. That that's a small delicacy and like, well it's it's a it's street food actually. And then like there's like oh like seeing Taho it's like maybe crave for it. So that's the sort of you know response we've been getting and it, it, it's great to hear that you know that it wasn't pandering. And yeah, it wasn't. And, and those were added to the show. I don't remember seeing the candy bars in the comics or the the food mentioned. So that those are things that you like added to like really bring the culture out. Is that yeah. is it accurate or? Well, the the chocolate and the candy bars that is in the other um, volumes, and you'll see it there. But we never made it that big. Like it was Jay yeah, and like the artists. They're Jay. like, because you don't make it exactly the same. You're not like trying to. It's like anything is a nod. But then he made it so big, and now there's a clamor in the Philippines for like, how? Where do you get that large size? Yeah, like, they want chocolate? that giant <laughs> American <laughs> size, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, they're they're like, they're usually, yeah. they usually come. They're this big. They're really just they're this like big. this small, but then in the, oh, wow. if you look at it, it's like she gives him one that's like this big, and everyone's like, "We want that. Where is that size of chocolate?" So do you think that's coming? Yeah. Is that yeah. is that is that? I mean, like... we don't. <laughs> they should. It's a they structural integrity. Just to issue. set the record straight. <laughs> just to set the record straight. Um. So Jay, our director, knew that that was not the size of the chocolate bar. He knew it, but he thought it would be awesome to have a size that big. So hence, it's <laughs> and why sure it's enough, episode everyone, one. Yeah. And sure yeah, enough, that sounds learned. like Lost a Netflix. But yeah. he knew, he knew. But I guess that sounds the, like yeah to, to uh, Uncle Netflix. Like, hey, that sounds like a great yeah. marketing strategy. I think we need to produce this. Like, let's let's find a friend there. Get giant <laughs> versions of the chocolate bars, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the big yeah. Toblerones. Big yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Exactly. 
the launch of season two. Just to <laughs> chime in on Courtney's question about, um, I guess, trying to, you know, our, because uh, we, we do have a female protagonist, right? But we did want to try to elevate what was in the comics. So um, if you remember, like, the first episode, the first fight scene, actually, I think, with Tress and the Aswang, and she's mm-hmm. kind of on her own. The comics, how it rolls out now, correct me if I'm wrong, my, my memory might be fuzzy, but she's actually with the twins, the Kambal in that first fight. Mm-hmm. So Jay had the proposal, and it was Jay's idea, that we shouldn't show the Kambal fighting with her already. We need to show that she can hold on her own. So immediately there, it's like a small touch. And actually for me, being a fan of the comics, I was apprehensive of that note because it was like, cause, but that's not what happens in the comics. But I knew what Jay was trying to do. And, it, and for me, it worked in the way like, yeah, she doesn't necessarily need the Kambal all the time. Like she can hold, and that little touch of seeing her fight is such a magical moment in terms of introducing her as a character. Mm-hmm. And then just the, and I think Tanya did a, a fantastic job in episode three, uh, where we talk about the Chanak or the baby, the, um, cause that touches on a lot of heavy themes. I mean, you can, you can yeah. just take it as a genre piece on it, but I think Tanya did a really good, good job for that. And that, I mean, I have, dare I say that wasn't in the comics. I mean, she put mm-hmm. her own spin to that, that yeah. took it in a completely different direction. And Tanya kept checking in on us like hey am i doing a good job on this like she kept co- coming back like when we were writing the scripts like like am i am i hitting the points right because she had a very clear intention of what she wanted to do for episode three and like she wanted to like hit all all all, all the stuff uh, all the mainline stuff and all the like the, the sub levels of of the issues you wanted to touch upon and uh like, like jumping off from zig it's also great that sort of tanya's sort of the head writer of this because like again Zig said, we're like essentially the straight white cis het males <laughs> of the writer's room. And to have like uh like a woman lead the writer's room and like especially in a in a, in a female-driven show like Tressa, it's like yeah. uh I would have been very uncomfortable if like if it was just me and Zig and it's like, man, like I don't think this is right. Oh no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, right? yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not lip service that's, at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I see, that's why yeah, I get a praise and Tanya. Yeah, with the twins. And it's like she's yeah, her bossing. Bomalam's one zero one oh seven said someone tweeted that there used to be a chalk nut that big, but it crumbled easily, so they stopped creating it. Yeah, which is interesting. We want it back. We want it. Back. <laughs> we want it. I know. Bring it back. <laughs> but just like to underscore, Pepsi. I think what also. Um, we put in there, but we don't quite explain. In the Philippines, this kind of dynamic, um, and it also shows in terms of the the side, you know, from the men, you know, in in terms of how women and men are in society. Yes, you have you have cases where women are either victims or being abused, but actually, from the early early sort of origins in our society, even which comes to for present day, there are men who don't have a problem with women leading the room. Uh, for the Philippines, we're kind of the highest percentage of women in managerial or, you know, um, executive positions uh, for, I think, the region. So it just shows, and it, part of that is also, you know, men like Mick and Zig, who are, they're cool with it. They know what the strengths are. I know what the strength is coming in. It's its basically you're working really in a partnership for that. Um, and uh, yes, exactly. It's a, it's a matriarchal society. 
So I grew up with like a lot of strong women in my family. They have as well, but it was never about who's stronger or who's not. It was more about like, we can assert ourselves and they can assert themselves. And it's really on that equal footing. Um, So it's not really explained. We don't underscore it because it's a reality <laughs> in this life. No, I and don't not... think it needed to be. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Through that, that, yeah. that. I mean, it was one of the things that drew me to the character of like Alexandra is obviously my favorite. The twins are my second favorite. But just finding out that like you know their their bond together and their their bond with her is, I think the like the power. You know, it's like that 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 it creates this trinity in a way. You know. Yeah. And they're demigods, you know, the, the twins are demigods, so they're pretty powerful in their own way. So they yeah. each hold their whole, they each hold their own in this group, right? Um, but mm-hmm. if they just know that they're stronger together, they know that that bond yeah. of family is really what draws them together um, and carries them through. And that's where they're, that's where the, op- they're, where they are the optimum, where they're the strongest, essentially. Found family, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that see that that aspect in in the episode when, you know, like spoiler alert, hopefully everyone has seen thus far. I won't give away too much. Um, but the episode where it comes down to the twins, you know, they're 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 battling against her at, at mm-hmm. one point in time. And the way that she brings them back to that reminder of it is family and also her reminder of the lessons that her father taught her when they first came into the home. Like that to me, it's almost like she was understanding it and we were learning and understanding it along with her. So like we're learning about the, this family and the bond and actually how strong it is. That was, was family, the theme of family, a, a, a huge PowerPoint of, of, this, of this series. Because it, yes. I mean, it went through, it went through like so many, like just getting to, to that aspect to really understand that's what's underneath the foundation of this whole yeah. series. Yeah, I mean, sure. yes. <laughs> there's, there's, it, that was really clear in the writer's sure. room that, that that's yeah. true. And I always believed that it was a, a Filipino thing to just gravitate the family. Then I realized as I grew up, it was an East Asian thing. Then I realized it's a universal thing. It's not uh, family is family. Uh, I think we all, it doesn't mean that you always have to stick to them, that you always, you know, have to be loyal to them. But family does play a huge role in how we're formed as people and how we tell our story. So I felt, at least for me, that was my way in, into personally, that was my way into the into the comics and translating it, you know, with a team to to the comic. But it, that was something. I mean, to your point, Courtney, that wasn't like something that just happened to be there. That was something we were intentional about. Yeah. I think that's what we broke down uh, when we when we made the season. Like this is this like it's a procedural, yeah. It's it's a procedural. It's a noir, but this is a story about family. It's about fathers. It's about siblings. It's about so and you you see that very clearly. I mean, like there's a reason why all those cold opens are family related. Like to Courtney's point, like you know, and even young. yeah, yeah. And even community, like to mm-hmm. see the relationship she had with the police station, yeah. the mayor, the like, and all the interactions with the people. Like, I, it was family being the cornerstone, but like the the community working together or the relationship between yeah. that, I think, was also like a really great layer. Even with like some of the creatures too, like there's like some like family uh, connection. Too. Yeah, yeah, no, no. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, 
Captain We're a very densely populated city, as you can see. <laughs> but, uh, a lot of families. Yeah. A lot of families. <laughs> and they're all interconnecting. There's like maybe two degrees of separation. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Captain, you're really big into like, and you're a VR designer and you do a lot of development too. Like I, I, she's usually like really has a good eye for like the graphics. I don't know if you have any questions that you want to ask on, on that particular front. I guess like I'm a big mythology and creature fan. So I'm curious, like uh, what research do you have to do for like uh, some of the like creatures and the mythology as well as what books would you recommend uh, for others to like dive more into it? Oh, um, um, Budge has a great list um, on spot pH and I can look for it and try to send it through Zig. Um, there's some of them are out of print, like about Philippine mythology. I, I know some of them are tricky, but I think he got one off, off of Amazon. Um, there's a really old one called Book of Souls that is out of print in the Philippines, but we managed to get a couple of copies and read through that. Yeah. Some of the project, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Online, you can look at Aswang Project. Aswang Project. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a Canadian guy. Uh, his wife is Filipina. Their daughter is into it. So he built this compilation and did research. Um, for a documentary yeah. on a lot of the Philippine mythological creatures. So that's an easily accessible starting point. Yeah. Oh, um, also, uh, I think top of head, like this is what I grew up reading, uh, like way, even way before Tressa, because I'm a big horror nerd. Um, it's called, uh, the author is Maximo D. Rojas, and it's called The Creatures of Lower Mytholo Philippine Mythology. I think it's on Amazon. It's available on Amazon, but it's not available locally for some reason. <laughs> like I can't get that book here, but I gotta order it from Amazon. It's Max, and then that's where I I uh, I, I first read it, and then that book actually pointed me out like a very interesting thing about Filipino mythology and culture is that it's very regional, uh, whereas like you have a very centralized sort of mythology, like uh, like Norse mythology, Greek mythology, like it's really this this one pantheon, and it's it's really uh there's there's no sort of deviation from the core myths i mean like you have reinterpretations and like every now and then there'll, there'll be research that uh, that says like oh this line actually meant that i mean that's the extent for like other sort of pantheon mythologies but ours since we're very regional like um these creatures change from province to province so there's, there's really not one monomyth that like sort of rules our mythology mm. which is indicative of us as a culture i mean like we're we're an archipelago of seven thousand islands different cultures different dialects different languages and to like to try and like centralize that i think well, at least for me personally like that 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 that's sort of like denying who filipinos really are like which is this this huge melting pot of, of, of culture uh so uh, at least for us it's like we went with the with the interpretations that were the most popular, like the interpretations we grew up with. Uh, again, like going up, going back to Zig's point, it's like you write what you know and like you write what you grew up with. And like sort of uh, Tanya, Zig and I were aligned in like the sort of mythology and like uh, we used the comics mostly as the basis of, you know, but we did uh, during our rec uh, recce, uh, Tanya brought us to the National Museum. There's a, there's a library there. We, we rented out some books. We did some extra reading on uh like readings for nerds <laughs> so we, we did we are yeah no but and 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 so it's it's really the more the more popular interpretations of, of like the pickpalling being a horse but uh, the great thing is like uh 
you know, if 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 we if we do research again and we go out of Manila, we'll find things about the the creatures you did in the show, like like that are like su- that are 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 super far from what you've seen in the show. It's like okay, so that's that's what a uh, Manananga looks like outside <laughs> Manila, which which I find endlessly fascinating. So it's like uh, there is a wealth to draw from depending on where you go in the Philippines. There, we also did sort of several layers of it. Like for example, on the on the sort of top level, you're introducing things like aswang, tikbalang, duende, you know, to like uh, say the cultures outside. So there's that explanation for the major, but there's also actually another layer, like for example, the emissary character. And she represents Ibu, the goddess of death. And actually Ibu in Indonesian means mother. So that's the source of that term. So it's something that's connected with our Southeast Asian neighbors, but it is, it's, I think it's Manobo or Maranao. It's basically, yeah. there is an Ibu who they term as the goddess of death. So it goes to the names. Like when, when I named like Shamul and Ibwa as the Aswang, those are uh, Bagobo or Bukidnon demons. And I think it's Shamul that's basically a demon that can eat you whole without like swallowing without yeah. chewing you, you know, something like that. So we layer so those in. Yeah. Yeah. And Lacan. I think Lacan is a new addition, right? Yeah. Well, no, Lacan yeah. is a as a title though. Lacan yeah, yeah, as a title. I mean like yeah. when we when we when we we were like trying to give Tressa like a, another sort of name. Um, like what how how would she be addressed? Like what is her agency? What is her title? And yeah, then, I uh, looked that up. I because I was looking to find out like what Lacan meant. And it's just really understanding that it's the person who is kind of like the, like the head of the, of the family, like the, the person yeah. who is leading the community, right? In a, like almost in a way, like an ambassador sort of. Yeah. He's kind of the warrior. So there's another term called datu, which is a chief. You can be a datu, but not necessarily a lakan. But to be a lakan, you have to be a datu. So the lakan also really does connote sort of that warrior status in the pre-colonial. Um, hierarchy of that so there's a lot of like picking and discussing and drawing from plus it sounds cool so who doesn't want to be a lucky yeah. right <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. Like, like, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. But i think that's also why um outside perspectives are great i mean despite what uh, that's why the collaboration in the writer's room and even in the art is super awesome because even i mean we grew up here but jay didn't our director so even though he has the he has roots here, his fresh perspective on how to do things new um, was was important because we also didn't want to do like the comics one is to one, and mm-hmm. like his his like the opening MRT scene was was his idea. Six period, yeah, came, yeah, and it came because so if you remember the opening of the first episode, the art the train, girls on the train, MRT, yeah, it, right. it kind of breaks down. Mm-hmm. which we are so used to because we have <laughs> shit infrastructure in this country so we were like you know we were just saying oh yeah you go home from work and suddenly the train breaks down then you have to you gotta and walk, then jay yeah. was like what you have to what so it was like his input that pinpointed that's an interesting story but i guess when you're kind of in your echo chamber of how your culture is you kind of don't see what's interesting you know how people always say like oh i live a boring life or i nothing ever interesting happens to me that's a lie 
That's mm-hmm. a lie. You just need an outside perspective to show you the things you are taking for granted, the things you are overlooking. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of perspective other people, you know, like Jay and Jojo brought into, into the team because he said, that's a great opening. That's a great opening. You know, the, we're the, like, the huh. team's going to shut down. And then, yeah, but it was just like, why would we want to show how bad the Philippines <laughs> is in our first scene? But, but we know, did, that yeah. Was yeah. But that was we a strong I didn't think me. that. Yeah. It makes it more grounded. Like, it makes it more grounded and, like, kind of, like, mm. yeah, grounded. Yeah, especially, <laughs> yeah, like- again, especially after watching Castlevania. I watched Castlevania last <laughs> week. And so coming to this, this felt like watching a children's show. <laughs> <laughs> so I was right? primed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. The, the body count like and the blood world. spilling is like nowhere near like the last oh, season of Castlevania. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> nowhere at all. Nowhere near. Yeah. Totally. It was good. It was to me, it was like, oh, this is like the right amounts. <laughs> yeah. like, normal. Yeah. Not even like close to uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I was primed though. Yeah. There were some really specific things also in terms of like, that first episode when you talked about it's very it's very rare to hear about someone being able to kill a ghost Mm -hmm. you know so you so having the the white lady i think it was the white lady yeah to have her um be killed right away and and to actually see then see her almost second or third death (laughs) to her final death correct really that was really powerful imagery because even later on in 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 one of the later episodes someone even says like was well, not you can kill a ghost and i'm like yes you not see the yeah. 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 he doesn't know what he's yeah. talking about <laughs> yeah and that, and that was true to the comics too i think the comics also opened up with that scene but obviously like seeing it in animation like brought to life just was a lot more powerful of a visual where I think you just get that one static image of a girl on the ground. You don't really get that full effect. And so that's something that I think that was really cool about the show, like bringing like a black and white comic with static images. You could feel a lot of life already in that comic already, but to have right. it sure. visualized. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Even with like the char- some of the character design changes from the graphic novel to the uh, show was like really interesting. I'm curious about like that I guess that process and like decisions you decided with each character, what you decided like to keep out or leave, uh, keep in and leave out and like translating that for like the Netflix show. So, uh, well, well, that one, yeah. that's yeah. more yeah, the, we, that's more the artist in terms of like Jay yeah. and Jojo. But I, we can speak to like some of the decisions that just sort of made it more achievable to animate. Like for example, like if you've seen the comic, you see um, Alexandra's hairline which mm-hmm. is actually not just like a bob, but it's got a, this sort of receding yeah, double it's, horn. Yeah, it's very stylized. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's wow. something that was quite difficult to animate for them because you know it's it's hard to translate that. So you kind of had to make it into this more the hair rather than the whole hairline. So right. in 2D, there are certain things you have to figure out. Like for example, for Datu Telagbisao, you know, we took Jay and Jojo to, we have a pre-colonial gold exhibit in one of our museums and the intricacy of the gold work is very detailed. But for Datu Telag Busao, you couldn't go into that detail. So then it just becomes touches, but that's still a reference to what is authentically there. The Casas, a viewer, she says, what I loved about the comic, I think it's a she, maybe it's a he or they. What I loved about the comic and especially with how it was translated in the show was how Manila became its own character. It was awesome seeing recognizable parts of the city as opposed to the generic third world urban sprawl we're used to being represented by or the stereotypical shot of the Guadalupe Bridge and billboards. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's all in there. 
one of my favorite tweets was when somebody, and this was early on, I think even for the trailer before we released it, somebody had said, you know, he does that commute on the MRT like every day, but after watching the trailer, when it kind of stopped by the Guadalupe Bridge, he looked up and he was like, oh, it's, I'm seeing it with new eyes now just because of the trailer. And I was, that is for me, that's a very powerful moment where you can see what your every day is, but you see that there's magic behind it, maybe some danger, yeah. but mostly magic. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's like what Zig said, it's, it's, it's a different perspective. Like, even we were going to be excited to watch this, this thing because we, like, we didn't animate it. So, like, when we watched it, it's like, it's, it's like, re, it, to Zig's point, again, it's like seeing stuff that we're so used to and then it, and it's just blown up on this, like, yeah. four-color, high-intensity action thing. Because one of my favorite shots from the from the series is in episode two, where Tressa takes the elevator up um, to the yes. Senor's Tower, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and yeah. then I, I know it, like even if you've never been to Manila, I mean it's a it's a great looking shot. Yeah. But I think that was one of the work in progress shots that were sent to like the team, the writers team. Because, you know, by the time you, uh, if I mean, for those people who are not familiar with the process, you know, the writers kind of get together with the director, we hashed out the, the season, and then it turns over to production that, you know, do the heavy lifting and bringing it to life, right? But we were looped in across the years, because this was like, we started like 2018, and then it's out in 20, uh, now in 2021. One of the first things we saw was a, a shot of that you know, uh, Tresse reflected against the glass. And then what we saw that like, there were literal tears in my eyes because that's that's my home. I oh. live there. I mean, oh. I live there. I grew up there, right? I mean, it's a great shot. I mean, it's mad. But if you're a Filipino, you see like, I've been to that building. I've gotten, lo- I've, I've been stuck in traffic in that area of the freaking city. And then suddenly, you know, it's something that you're a part of that, that you can share with the world. And it's it's irrelevant whether other people connect to it because you do. I guess that's what's yeah. the power of this one to me, this series to me, is that you know that's 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 my home right there. So that's you know I guess to the point of, um, f- to the commenter a while ago. I mean yes, it's just as powerful to us. I think. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We almost didn't want to like be sent anything because yeah yeah <laughs> we're like like Tanya's like hey guys I got like new work and like no Tanya we don't want to see nothing. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah. That's like, Blown away with everyone else. Yeah, because yeah, like yeah. what the little we that Tanya showed us over the years, it's like we're good, Tanya. It's enough. <laughs> so wait, how does that work then? So like you guys write a bit with the director. Like, do you guys see at least like the still shots? So like you have an idea of how it's looking as it's going, and then like is it like every month you get to see a new clip, or like how does that did like were the clips bu- like being developed in parallel to the writing, or what is that? What does that look like? Um, well, so we're doing the writing, and then uh, they have a previous team out of LA, uh, Jay's mm-hmm. company, Alexa Notice. A lot of them are Filipino-American. So like at every level of this production, you have Filipinos, whether, you know, immigrants, first gen, you know, down to the audio post, down to the marketing, uh, music, every level. Um, and yeah, exactly. So, which, you know, when does that happen, right? When does that happen? Later, I was right? yeah. literally, I was just about and, to ask. And did Netflix provide that or did you, did you? No, I mean, it's, Jay had that, you know, with his he team. His yeah. And then, you know, we, we worked with Bang Zoom out of LA and they had, you know, their, the people on there, like Maverick is like a great uh, engineer. And we also had like other great engineers with us as well. Um, and it just, so it just happened to 
fall in. Like a good example is of the, the guys who scored it. So the Kiners are a family, the father uh, and the two sons, I think they're also twins. Like they are composers in each their own right, like Narcos, but also like animated stuff in terms of, and they, the, the sons, the brothers did like Star Wars, like uh, I think Rebels. So they, you know, they have their own thing, but um, one of the directors, Bad Batch, thank you. Um, so when, the, when Dave Hartman um, brought in the dad, Kevin, um, because he had worked with him on Transformers, Kevin's like, oh, my wife's Filipino, my sons are Filipino, like, you know, they are also, they're half, they also have, you know, are composers, they want to work on it, you basically have three composers for like the price of one, and so they just threw everything they had at this, and the music that came out was phenomenal, uh, uh, but I do like to say like that, another character. you're right, exactly, character. totally, and I feel like even though you know, we had, we had animation done in Korea, you know, we had stuff, we had Priebus out of LA, we had the writing in Manila, we had like people in, you know, Netflix out of Tokyo, you know, also helping us. This is really a very global project, mm. but it was with Filipino-led creatives. So, yeah. you know, it gives that identity and also gives kind of the forward thinking in terms of, you know, other cultures in terms of representation. This is a way that it could work where you have that authenticity, but it also is a global effort of like bringing to screen um, meaningful stories. As a result, like, it sounds like you guys started working in 2018. So like, how did COVID impact? Like when COVID happened and everyone couldn't work in offices, where were you guys in the, at that stage of the project? And did that change anything? Or because it was already distributed, it was pretty much... No, we were we were still doing post and you know finishing up some for 2020. Uh, we you know we had to do ADR. We had to do a bunch of stuff, but luckily for animation, everything could happen remotely. And eventually, you know, they figured out the mechanics of doing um, you know working with the voice talent remotely as well. So it was one of those things where it's not like live action, which we you know I have some projects that are that where it really affects the the process. Uh, this one we were able to kind of pull through and 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 meet the deadlines. Yeah. I read that like a, actually Philippine the Philippines actually produces a lot of graphic designers or visual designers for comics. Like that's mm. like a, the major a, a good majority of like really good expert vis, uh, comic visual artists come from Philippines. Is that the case? Like was it easy to resource for these animations because of that, or how did that play into this? it's a different level like the philippines has companies that supply like say our production houses to pr provide the assets um so some service companies and it's just in timing because animation right now is kind of in, is in demand because you don't have that interruption especially like out of covid so you know studios are booked uh, production houses are booked so you netflix has to figure out okay where's you know, where's the best place we could do it. And they were already working with Tiger in Korea for Castlevania. So it just made sense for them. But really all the previs, all the directions that came from Jay and Jojo out of like Lex and Otis. So I know we're coming into the end of our, our time with you all, but I just had one question kind of going back to that, back to the story and then back to the, like the identity, seeing as how like Alexandra's journey in the Balete tree was so much of her identity becoming the Lacan. Um, is there, and I know we've already talked about how it, there's not really this need to like overtell a story, but do you ever think that there is, um, will become a time when uh, telling the narrative aspect of what she went through in the Balete tree would either add and or 
enhance the story in any way? Are you trying to do that? Like succeeding seasons, Courtney? Yes. I see I'm you. I was gonna try to sneak it in, but you beat me to it. I don't know. That was pretty sly, huh? She was pretty that sly was with that one. Yeah, no, that's I pretty sly. So yeah. I love how it's like you know in the story about family. When are we getting season two? <laughs> 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 He's playing out in season two. Talk about that post-credit scene too. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. You can't. I'm not. You know, I don't want to ask about season two. Hopefully, there it's coming. Um, but you know, just that I was just wondering, like in terms of like the narrative storytelling, it are, do you already have certain stories either pulled from the comics that, or stories like episode three, which is that's my favorite. That was my favorite episode. It was so deep and rich and like horrifying, but I was drawn in. I was Thank so you. there. Um, <laughs> it was so powerful. Um, is, is there any anything narratively speaking that you are really excited to tell that next wave i know i can't ask about season two right but- i mean fingers crossed we can get like season two and beyond because there is a wealth of stories that we still haven't mined from the comic and you know uh, with jay we've kind of talked about where the arc would go for her that would make it like a satisfying arc for for a series um, so we hope like, you know, and, and to get to season two, it's basically trying to get more people to watch, to watch trying to like yeah. go beyond the Philippine audience and Filipinos already know about it. You guys are like the first step, you know, when you guys asked us to be on, we're like, they know yeah. about us. They know about That's us. That's awesome. Like, so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We know. So, we even get that the beach episode. <laughs> yeah. There's like, everyone watched. It's yeah. like it's there's a teaser for a beach episode. There's like a karaoke episode. Like there's all, there's all yeah. sorts of stuff. They, like they go to, they go to some conversations. Oh, you, okay. joke, you joke about it now, imagine. Tanya, but. Yeah, no, but like, I that, can that's only how, imagine that's how, how hot those hot springs are. I know. Right? <laughs> we'll joke about it and then it happens. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how that's, Team Tressa came manifest. about. <laughs> that's yeah, how no, Team Tressa uh, came about. Fun fact, that's how that's how yeah. that line got written. We're gonna manifest right. that. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, just like we're gonna manifest Milan. We're gonna bring in <laughs> we're already manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> but Mick, you should t- probably tell them about like how Team Tressa came about so they know like just how oh yeah, no, I mean, real it ev- is. Everyone and everyone on this this call is already yeah, you're all Team Tressa, basically. Yeah, for sure, officially, like with uh, yes. we, we the Tressa. Um, but <laughs> you Thank were you. Uh, But what's this? No, yeah. it's 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 super. Uh, like again, to to Clarama's point about like this being the Tressa configuration. It's like Zig and I, like during the whole story summit, we were like, yeah, like if we if we break a particularly hard narrative beat, it's like, all right, this makes sense. It's awesome. Like Zig and I were always going. This is the writing period. This is the writing period after Jay went back to like LA and meet up regularly. And it's like, oh man, like, like, yeah, we should do this. Go team Tressa, right, Tanya? It's like, go team Tressa. Tanya's like, (laughs) no, we're never calling ourselves that. (laughs) And then lo and behold, it came out in an episode. (laughs) Who's episode? Everyone is calling Tressa. (laughs) Next episode. Yeah. So yeah, but I guess so that point is like Mick and I have a reputation where when we joke about something, we're not joking about something. Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean, this is like a professional tip for everyone who's trying to, you know, doing the grind yeah. like we are. Joke I'm about not, it. Like, yeah, no, no, not really. Jo- like try crazy ideas. 
I mean, and then maybe you'll be like, because, you know, Mick and I have been in the trenches where, you know, you're in, you know, creative bubbles where they're not really giving you a lot of leeway. So you got to push, keep on pushing, you know, and then maybe you'll be lucky enough to land in a team that is as crazy as Tanya and Jay with an audience as crazy as you guys who will, you know, watch your crazy stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like the biggest takeaway I'm learning too, especially for me, Tanya, and your journey, it's like, you know, it's truly preparation meets opportunity. Yeah, like no. luck. Yeah, no, for um, sure. And passion. Exactly. And yeah. a lot of determination because like to hear your story is really is really inspiring for me as a creator. Like just knowing how hard you have to like work and put into and invest in your property and finding the right team. Yeah. The right team and the right people to help you tell your story, like partnering with Netflix. Yeah. So I'm sure there were a lot of no's before you had before you had the jury's still out on me and Zane, but like by everyone else. She got the right people. <laughs> you, can definitely feel like the, you can definitely feel the love from this project. And like I love seeing like the little Easter eggs like in there and uh all the creatures and all the characters. So and the twins. Yeah. I'm a twin myself, so it was really cool to see like oh, oh that's, that's awesome. Oh, right? that. yeah, that's yeah. awesome. The twin girls were my favorite twins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, the, the, the wind girls the wind spirits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. I am curious about the mass. Like uh mm. it looks like the tragedy and comedy mass, but yeah. I guess I want to learn more about uh, why they uh, wore those masks. This will be our last question. Yes. (laughs) So uh, it's funny because all the years I knew Budge, I was basically like, okay, the Kambal are cool. And you get because their personality, you know, and the tragedy comedy mask, it's like, you know, it's a Greek thing. It's basically, you know, it comes from that. And, but it, it mirrors their personality. So it's, that's one of those points of accessibility for like a, a bigger audience for me. But it wasn't until later where I kind of realized it. And this is when we were shooting Tressa After Dark and I told Mick and Sig, I go, you know, I didn't think about it, but I really think that Budge wrote the Kambal to be him and his brother, younger brother, Brandy. And I was like, that's just my three. I need to ask him about it. And when we did Tressa After Dark, where he's, when he said that, we were like, I told you guys, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay well thank you thank you thank you so much thank this was you. such a delight thank chatting you. with you well, thank you thank for having us this is super great yeah. yeah totally thank you so it much it really really makes it all real just like yeah. having to talk with connect with other people and like who appreciate the show and like you guys made something amazing i really hope it gets all the love it truly deserves because this is such thank a great so thank you so much so watch tracy yes yeah, and the ultimate Dressy. love. Watch Stress Day so we can get season two. Yes. 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 That season two. And thank you all of us, who, all of you viewers who are able to join us today. This conclu- concludes our show for the day. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, shout out to Digital Click for all the creative you provide. Um, please follow us here on Twitch. And if you love what we're doing, please consider subscribing to our channel. If you have Amazon Prime, you can link your account and subscribe to us using Prime Gaming. And it costs you nothing. And it helps us out uh again thank you tanya michael zig for being on the show just best of luck on that and everyone please please go watch so we can get that season two please watch <laughs> tell all your friends you. everything. Yeah. yeah watch it and read the graphic novels too yes. team dresser yeah. 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 thank you